I get the privilege and the pleasure and the honor of doing the first introduction on our first podcast of the new year. I love the new year. I always have. And I feel like Elisha and I have gotten progressively better every year at how we plan our year so that it actually goes more according to plan, regardless of the ups and bumps and downs of... (laughs) Okay, you guys know what I'm talking about. Regardless of what the year throws at you, what life throws at you, still getting closer to your ideal goal and your ideal dreams. And so I think sometimes people hesitate to plan and write down New Year's resolutions or goals because it's like, oh, well, I failed them last year or whatever. And then on the flip side, some people go so extreme that you do end up failing them. So today we're talking about how we plan out our year, how we set our resolutions or lack thereof, and just kind of digging into all those details. Thank you guys so much for being with us through 2019. And if you are joining us here in 2020, I really hope that this podcast brings you encouragement in your marriage and family. And if so, then drop a review down below or click the five-star rating. I say the five-star rating because, you know, why not go big? It's the beginning of the new year. Okay. We'll try to give you guys a five-star podcast. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Folks, welcome back to the Now That We're a Family podcast. Today's the first episode of 2020, and I'm thoroughly excited about a new year. As Katie already shared in the introduction, Katie and I both love new beginnings, new years. We like Mondays. We like all things new, which is fortuitous because we are new creations in Christ. There you go. There you go. Busting out the first time fortuitous was used in 2020. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Just seemed like the right opportunity to use that to use that <laughs> word. Folks, Katie and I just got done kind of reviewing 2019 and we were and we shared with you in our last episode some of the highs and lows of 2019, but in reality, 2019 just was it went above and beyond really what we could have hoped or asked for. Mm-hmm. And we really feel like recipients of the Lord's blessing and his mercy and his grace throughout 2019, which gets us even more excited for 2020. But to tell you the truth, I don't think we would be able to acknowledge how much, how, how all the blessings we experienced. I don't think we'd be able to see them and recognize them had we not set forth some goals or plans or visions for the year. Now, the blessings might've occurred. We might've seen these blessings and we might've experienced them, but I don't think we would have appreciated them or enjoyed them to the full extent. Had we not directed our course in a certain direction? Well, yeah, a famous person said one time, you can't measure what you don't track. Yeah. 
That's I, so, I, I think that's I really think, good. I think it's profound. I think it might have been Taryn Hardy in like the compound effect. But he was just saying, if you aren't actually keeping track of what's going on, especially over the course of an entire year, then how are you going to like see if you succeeded or not? Yeah. And I think that the reason Katie and I are really clinging to this concept right now is because throughout 2019, we felt like failures numerous times. We felt like our life was not going how we would want it to go. We felt disrupted. We felt disorganized. And which which I think is inevitable for anybody at certain points in your life. Yeah. A whole entire year is never going to go according to your perfect plan. That's right. Ever. I mean, at least in my experience. Yeah. Nor is it going to for mine. But we were able to have the time to sit down at the end of the year and to look at some of our goals and some of our our plans and strategies that we had comprised at the beginning of the year. And we were able to say, no way, the Lord totally blessed us in directing us in these opportunities and bringing certain goals to fruition and giving us, like I said, some of these desires of our heart. And had we just stopped when we felt like we were in the depths of despair and not kept tracking what we were doing and not kept our eyes on the vision that we had for our family, I think it would have been really easy to get to the end of 2019 and just kind of say, well, yeah, it was, I mean, it was another year, you know, another year went by. And so I guess we'll go into another year. But instead, because we knew what we were looking for, we were able to look back and say, wow, that happened. That happened. The Lord blessed us here. He blessed us there. And so we're really eager to do the same thing for 2020 to say, hey, I want to, you know, set my goals up there. Man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. But I love that man still plans his ways. You know, so we're going to plan our ways and we want our hearts and our minds uh, to be submitted to God's will and to what he wants for us and certainly submitted to his word. Uh, but as we go forward, we still are going to make our plans. And so we're going to seek the Lord. We're going to seek his counsel. We're going to make plans. We're going to make goals. And then we'll trust that the Lord directs our steps. But I hope that by the end of 2020, we'll be able to look back and say, man, the Lord totally directed our steps in these areas. Yeah, so I think we're titling this Why Your Resolutions Don't Work. And Elisha was like, why don't we say, like, why our resolutions don't work, you know? And I'm like, no, they're more likely to click on it if you say why your resolutions don't work. But really, all the resolutions are the same. And the truth is, is, like, motivation leaves, inspiration leaves, all those things just leave. Yeah. And we follow the path as humans. We follow the path of least resistance until either pain forces growth or change or we get a new little spurt of energy and mm-hmm. then we grow. Yeah. And so Elisha and I have made this conscious effort to not create any goal without an environmental change and support system setting up that goal. Yes. Because ultimately we do what is easiest in the moment eventually once the willpower runs out yes which is inevitable which it always is like it doesn't matter how stoked you are january 1st most of us have already probably lost some motivation yeah some of that inspiration and emotional drive yes is probably starting to leave us at this point and again there are those exceptions to this rule those people that are just so disciplined and they they make a goal and they follow through with it I'm not one of those people. 
Katie, I don't think you're one of those yeah, people. According to statistics, you're like a unicorn. So if you're one of those people, you yeah. are awesome if you do that. But we aren't talking to you today. <laughs> yeah. So, Katie, that was a really great sentence. You said, you know, anytime we make a new goal, we make sure we what have an environment that supports it. Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that the reason we decided that that is necessary is because, as we already stated, our willpower will get us a certain distance. It'll get us started in the right direction. But ultimately, you wake up one morning and you feel a little groggy. The kids didn't sleep very well the night before. You might be a little bit under the weather. Fill in the blank with the natural occurrences of life. And you're going to wake up one day and you're not going to be motivated or inspired to do to follow through with the goal. And you're going to say, okay, well, where's my discipline? Well, the discipline is going to run out at some, uh, at some point too. The willpower is yes. going to run out. So what are what is your environment and how are you, and what are your goals and where are they going where are they going to take you? Do your goals support that goal? You know, do your habits support yeah, that go. goal that you've created? Well, and your habits eventually, but in the beginning you don't even have habits. That's right. And really the environment is like training wheels to develop a habit because once you have a habit a habit means that you're doing something almost subconsciously you're just doing it because that's how you're programmed that's how you're wired and there's so much information coming out on this with uh these books like why willpower doesn't work yeah, is one of them um, yep. rewiring your brain yep. there's so many books that are focused on i think there's one called environment that talks about the environment you create for yourself yeah, there support you go. your habits. So ultimately, it kind of follows a progression of having this excitement, this motivation, this drive, and you want to springboard that into creating, having the motivation to create an environment. Instead of ha ha taking that motivation and trying to get the goal done, take that motivation and build a support system. And that support system is what's going to create the habit, which is basically going to make you like ensure the longevity of your initial vision. Oh, that's so good, Katie, because... It's not that we're anti-using the inspiration no, or the emotion no. that you feel, you know, when you when there's a new year or you just have a new goal that you're excited about. We love excitement and we love emotion. Oh, yes. But I think, like you said, it's it's targeting that or it's it's channeling that emotion and that energy into building an infrastructure that will then create new habits will, will, that will, you know, move you forward towards accomplishing your goals. I think that's really, really good. So some practical stuff. Let's tell them, like, what are some of the resolutions? I, we don't even really use that term, resolution. But what are the some of the things we decided at the beginning of the year we wanted to do? And then we came up with a support system for that. Yeah. So in years past, in times past, we've made statements like, okay, we want to be more productive in the evening. So let's stop watching any media, well, let's stop consuming media in the evening time and we'll hang out with the family or be productive instead. And you think, well, that sounds great. And when we made that choice, we were inspired to do that. And so for a few days, we didn't consume any media. We hung out as a family and we were productive in the evening time. Well, as time went by, you know, one day I'd get home from work and I was kind of tired. The kids were fussy. You know, we just wanted to get them to bed. We got them to bed. Then we're thrashed. It's 7 30, 8 o'clock, and we don't want to be productive. We don't want to get work done. And so we start consuming media because that was our default. We had not grown out of that being our default mode. Yeah, there's still this craving, basically. Yes. And so instead of trying to say, we don't have that craving anymore, we are just all of a sudden very disciplined people who, you know, don't have this problem, we replaced it. 
Yeah, so this time at the beginning of the year, we had a similar goal, and that was to spend our evenings in a better way. And that's a pretty general statement, but that's literally what we wanted to do in 2020. We said, we want our evenings to be spent in a more, I guess, beneficial way. That doesn't mean that we're cranking work out. It doesn't mean that we're doing a family Bible time every night, but we were just not satisfied with how in general, our evenings were spent in 2019. So very specifically, Elisha and I didn't want to watch a movie after we put the kids to bed. Mm -hmm. We didn't want that to be our default mode. And so initially we thought, oh, well, we can like cancel our internet or things like that. But then we're like, okay, but we still have that default mode. We'll get on our phones. (laughs) You know, we're really smart here. (laughs) We can figure out how to get online. Yes. So instead of those things, we decided, okay, something easier is having good fiction books to read and we're going to translate that desire to chill into reading fiction books and eventually that might take us somewhere else Mm -hmm. but instead of saying okay we're now going to be disciplined and like work in the evenings or like study our bibles in the evenings or something when we're tired we're out of willpower we just replaced it with a different kind of road less traveled. Yes, and then in addition well, to that... road less traveled. That was a weird statement. <laughs> what the heck? A different kind of thing that didn't require motivation. A different kind of still, like, relaxation. Relax. relax. Relaxation? Oh, my word. This is fun listening to you. I should not be talking. I love it when you talk. Especially into a microphone. Okay, why don't you just talk? Okay, so in addition to deciding that we would replace consuming digital media or movies online with reading fictional books, we still wanted to build out our environment even beyond that because that's a substitution which is helpful and it's something that we could probably begin following through with and maybe over time start forming a habit. But we wanted to really ensure that a new habit would be formed. And so we wanted to make more practical steps to create that environment. So something else that we did is, or that I started doing, is I started leaving my laptop computer at my office in the evening time because we figured out that that was a trigger to Katie and I both ultimately consuming media was I'd bring my computer home Katie would maybe be getting some work done on her computer and I would feel kind of left out. So I'd get on my computer, try to, you know, check email, do something productive, ultimately realize I had nothing productive to do. So then I'd be consuming media, you know, I'd be consuming YouTube or some video. And then Katie would come sit next to me and the evening was then, you know, set in stone as to how we were going to spend it. We were Mm going to sit there together on the couch and watch a movie or a show or whatever it was. And so we decided we need to create an environment that just doesn't even give us that opportunity. So me leaving my computer at the office, like I said, doesn't even give us that option now. It, yeah, it doesn't give us the option of basically both of us spending time on our separate computers. So we have to mentally make a thought of, because even more than movies, it was just time online. Yes. And so now it's like we have to make the decision okay we're gonna watch a movie together or we're gonna go to bed but what was happening is we would both spend time on our separate computers not really talk about it time just goes by and then it's like okay i guess we should kind of go to bed yes and then we realized we actually wanted to talk and yep. then so we stay up really late yes because ultimately it's not that we were so anti-consuming movies or anti you know sitting together and, and watching a show we were anti not being able to see or know why we spent our evenings the way we spent them. Basically, we weren't being intentional. We, we weren't. weren't making conscious decisions. We were just going with the flow. Yes, and this led to us staying up later, much later than we wanted to, which obviously led to us not sleeping as much 
or as well as we would like to, which led to us not having the morning, the quality mornings that we wanted to. So we found that this evening time was really the trigger to a lot of the more negative habits that had formed in our home. Yeah, because the evening would trigger the morning and the morning would kind of trigger the rest of the day and different habits that we had formed. So... I mean, we we really honed in this year on our evenings and replaced what we were eating in the evening, yep. replaced what we were drinking in the evening, and didn't take those things away, noticed. We just replaced them. Yes. Because you still have those desires. And I think sometimes we start out New Year's, we're so full of fresh inspiration that we're going like, are you kidding me? I don't need any of these. Yeah. I'll never want to eat sugar again yeah, in exactly. my life. I'm going to be yeah, fit and healthy my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think using yeah. the, the diet is the perfect, it's a very clear way to figure out how you can create an environment for yourself. Because if you don't want to consume as much sugar or junk food, whatever the food is, well, a good way to ensure that you're not going to consume it as much is to not have it in your home. That's the only thing that works for me, honestly. Yeah. Like, not... I tell Elisha that. Like, I don't have great willpower with that when it's in the house, so just don't bring it home. Yes, and so that's a very obvious example of creating an environment that supports your goal and then will, over time, create a habit. Something that Katie did at the beginning of 2019 that really inspired me and I think was a huge cause of us feeling really fulfilled and accomplished with how we spent 2019 was Katie creating a dream board instead of writing down specific goals or specific resolutions. Now, Katie, would you be able to talk a little bit about your dream board and what kind of that indicates and what it illustrates? Oh, yeah. I'm a trained professional now. You guys can check out my video on YouTube where you walk, where I walk you through it because I'm a lot better at talking in that video than I am right now. Basically, you just go get... I think the old school method was like you'd go find magazines and things that maybe words that stuck out to you or pictures that embodied the goals that you wanted to have for the year. And instead of doing that, I went on like Conva.com. We have the internet now. So Pinterest, Instagram, Google Images, and you find a picture that inspires you towards the goal that you want to have. So if you want to be more fit in a certain area, you put a picture of a healthy fit person. Or if you want, like we want to go to New York. So I have the skyscape, the cityscape. Yeah. Skyline. Skyline. There you go. Um, I have a quote on there. You are what you repeatedly do. There are so many things that I put pictures of on the board. And last year I did this with something that inspired me for a book or Hmm. to write a book. Yes. And we ended up having that goal come to fruition. So I think how often do we like write down goals, tuck them away in a notebook and like stick them in somewhere we don't ever see them again that's right but this dream board basically is your north star yes and it keeps you coming back so you are going to get off track during the year yep you are yes everyone does and when you go through a move or a death happens or a hard situation happens and you come back from that and go what do i even want out of life or what was this year even supposed to be about you look at the dream board and you see all those dreams and more likely than not most of those are still going to be very true of your life that's so right and i think that there are two very specific things about a dream board that make it for me, more effective than just writing down goals or setting resolutions. And the first one you already mentioned is that you get to look at it on a daily basis. These are images, some photos that bring you inspiration. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we hang ours on our closet wall. So we see them 
we see them multiple times a day when we're changing, when, when you're you know, putting the laundry away, whenever we're doing, we're able to walk past our dream board and see these photos that, that give us inspiration and kind of keep that goal at the forefront of our mind, as opposed to writing something down in a journal and then a couple pages later, it's gone, forgotten, and you don't even think about it for weeks, weeks on end. Well, I think that like with high school, our coach, and I'm sure every coach says like, visualize it, you yes. know, visualize it. This is, this does it for you. It does it for you. Yeah. So that's the first thing that I think makes it effective. The second thing is, is that it, it's pointing you in a direction. And you kind of said this too. You said it's your North star. And what I mean by that is you've got a picture of somebody that inspires you to be more fit. You didn't write down that you're going to work out four, four days a week, every week for 2019. The reason that that's important to me is because writing down a specific number, like I'm going to work out every day, you know, for 2019, or I'm going to work out four days a week for 2019, that's setting you up for an all or nothing scenario. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, odds are you're going to miss a week or you'll miss a day. And then what do you tell yourself? Okay, well, I'll just keep going. And it's not as good as I wanted it to be. I kind of failed at the goal, but I can still keep going forward. No, you've lost all like motive and motivation to follow through with that goal. But if your your goal is becoming more fit, then that's very then you can do that starting December first, and you think, oh, well, I've got a month left until 2020 is done. Exactly. I remembered I wanted to be more fit. Well, I'm going to start doing that right now. Yeah, like I have a goal to have a stronger, flatter core because I feel like my babies really hammer that part of my body, and so through that, it's like every morning that I get up and I do an ab workout. Or every time I say no to something that would, you know, give me a little extra chub around that area, that's a win. And it really keeps your focus on the wins. Yes. Like I won today. I moved a baby step towards that goal. And I didn't have any, the only way I lose is if I go backwards. Yes. Right? That's right. And that takes a lot of conscious decisions too. Right. So, or it just takes a lot of decisions, I guess. It takes a lot of action. Well, and even with the dream board, if you do see yourself going backwards, you haven't lost because the goal is by the end of the year, yes. you know, to be in better shape or to be more fit. Yes, and, no, you're totally right. And I think that the dream board really supports a progress over perfection mindset, yeah. which is sustainable. And that's, I think, why we can confidently say 2019 was great was because we saw progress in areas that were really important to us. We did not come close to perfection in these mm -hmm. things, but the goal was progress. So dream boarding was the first step of planning our year. And Elisha and I did that individually because, I mean, we see each other's dream boards so we can help support each other in these dreams. But they're pretty personal things as far as I don't want to get better at triathloning. Elisha does. So that's kind of the first step, I feel like, in how we got a vision for the year. And then the second step was going through the history reflector. And we've shared about this tool before. It's in our postpartum booklets after the baby for him and after the baby for her. But you do not have to be postpartum to use this tool, clearly. Yes. So what you do on one page is you write down all the things that didn't work. And our brains love to think negatively. So it's pretty easy to come up with stuff <laughs> that was lame from the last year. And we actually like to pull out our calendar and look through every single appointment, every commitment, the people we had over for dinner, and just kind of look at it and go, was this a win or was it a loss? Yes, that's right. We try to find purchases that we made, uh, like Katie said, events that we attended, trips that we went on, and the more specific you can be. And it's crazy how it's easy to forget about 
how you spend so much of your year. Yes. And so when you're able to pull down your calendar from the previous year and start start and start in January and go through all the events and you can say, oh, that was a total win. I want to do more things like that. Or say that was a drag. Let's try to avoid any of those type of situations. So we kind of did this simultaneously as we had one page for both. We had one page for what we did not want to repeat. What did not work? And we had one page for what we did want to repeat. Yes. What did work, basically. What do we want more of? And so, for instance, while we were going through this, we noticed that trips that we went on with one of our children was a thing we do not want to repeat. Yes. This year, because the amount of time and effort and cost it took to get babysitters, you're either making a withdrawal from family or paying a good amount of money, did not warrant us still taking a baby on the trip and we're still tied to an infant schedule and yeah and it doesn't feel like a date yeah it doesn't feel like that carefree timelessness for Elisha and I right it's just kind of like uh like we kind of made it work yeah and we had some good times this year taking Louie on some trips that was the only way we could have gone on the trips but this year we're either going to leave all three of the kids together and just do a just an Elisha and I trip Or go on a family trip where it's all of us together and we can all have those really awesome experiences. Yes. Because when we we are on a kid's schedule, we're like, oh, we wish the other kids were here too. Yeah, exactly. And so we want to, like Katie said, I like that we have very definitive goals for the traveling. And they both serve a very specific purpose. When Katie and I are able to get away with just each other, it builds up our marriage and it builds up our relationship in such a tangible way. That, mm-hmm. that we just love and we can't replace that. Uh, when we take our, all of our family somewhere, then we feel like all the kids and us as parents get to experience things as a family in such a, such a rich, fun way. And we felt like the return on the investment for bringing just one kid or two, two of our children on a trip was not even anywhere close to the return we got for either of those yes, other two. That's a good way to say it. It was a bad return on investment. Bad ROI. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Always wanted to say that. Okay, so... Then after we did that, we identified a lot of things, actually, like a lot of obligations we did where it's like this year, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And I think last year we gave more out of obligation, our time, our money. It was obligatory, Mm -hmm. obligatory instead of cheerful Mm -hmm. this year. I don't want to get roped into doing things for other people because you feel like, I don't know. They might hate you if you don't. It's just like if we want to give from a full heart and it's something we feel the Lord's calling us to, then we want to do that yes. joyfully as unto him. But we don't want to do it based off a of man's standard and just like keeping everyone. I don't know. That would, yeah, was yeah. just yeah. some some fails there. Okay. <laughs> then we wrote down also real quick five things that each one of us personally wanted more of in the year. Yes. So do you want to say like one or two of yours? Sure. So something that I really enjoy doing are going for long runs. And this is something that requires kind of a chunk of time Mm -hmm. in the day, especially I kind of have a specific time that I like doing my runs. I like doing them on warm evenings. Uh, And so that's something that I can't do that regularly because it cuts really into family time. Uh, Because, you know, you could say, well, why don't you just wake up early and take a long run in the morning? Well, I just don't enjoy it as much as my warm summer evening runs. It's just one of my favorite things to do. And so we've tried to schedule in and kind of budget our time so that I'm able to maybe on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis go for a long run 
uh, in the evening time here when the summer is going to be approaching when it's warm outside. And then something that Elisha and I both want to be really strategic with is having bi-monthly free days. And so basically I get, you know, five or six hours on a day. He gets five or six hours a day and that's, we trade months. Yep. So basically after we had all that kind of fleshed out, then we sat down a third time. So we did dream boarding. We did kind of what worked, what didn't work. What do we want to put in this year for that encourages us individually? Yep. And then we sat down when we are fresh and I, I mean, you could do this all together, but we did it in three different settings and calendared it all out. Yes. So we basically put our vacations. The first thing we put on the calendar were the things we're already committed to. So yep. some weddings, yep. some vacations that we want to take like over our anniversary, yes. stuff like that. And then we put in our free days. Yes. What those days were going to be. And then we kind of went smaller from there and scheduled in like hikes. We want to do more family hikes. Yes. And, I don't even know what we put in recording this podcast. Yeah. We went kind of nitty gritty in 90 day chunks. Yes. So we just did the first 90 days, but we wrote the big events and big commitments throughout the whole year. Yeah. And I'm really gra- glad. I'm really grateful. I'm really glad and grateful that we did this because once I look at the next 90 days that we have scheduled out for commitments that we've already made for events that we want to attend or trips that we want to go on, I realize that we've got a very booked full 90 days. And this will prevent me from on the spur of a moment committing to something that I might regret or probably will regret later on. And I think that ultimately is something that we were we wanted to change from 2019 as we looked through the calendar and we saw some commitments that we kind of made on a whim that ended up being big time withdrawals from our family. And so mm-hmm. by being very strategic about filling in our calendar preemptively beforehand, and that eliminates the possibility, I think, of having some of those withdrawal commitments. Yeah, it's a little daunting, honestly, to look at the calendar and see all of these things, all these days already marked off. And it really makes you want to value the days that are open and empty. And it gives you lots of stuff to look forward to. Yes, exactly. That that uh, both it makes you realize how full it is. And then it gives you a bunch of things to look forward to, which is really fun. Yes. So that's kind of the three steps that we went through to plan out our year being really intentional about not creating any commitments without having a support system in place. Mm. And again, not writing down exact specific goals because even though so many people say be specific, have a timeline, all those things over a year, a year is a really long timeline to have a specific goal. Mm. So it's probably better. That's a shorter term commitment, but for, but you do something like dream or vision for yes. the overall year. Yep. And then like you said, create an environment that supports those dreams and visions. Yeah, that's really important. Some of those things took a long while for us to reverse engineer. Because Elisha and I kept being like, oh man, like that's not good enough. That's not good enough. We know we're going to fall back into our old habits. Yes. So, I mean, it's a learning process, but hopefully that was helpful for you guys. Just kind of seeing how we do it and just some of the things that we're learning. Yep. We've really gotten excited about 2020 and something that we are going to continue is this podcast throughout 2020. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every Tuesday morning. That's right. So be looking for our podcast coming out on every, every Tuesday morning. And thank you for being a part of it in 2019. This, this podcast was one of our favorite things about 2019. 
And the reason it was one of our favorite things was because your folks' encouragement and support and all the kind words that you've shared with Katie and I, whether that be leave, leave, from leaving a review or a rating or direct messaging us on, on Instagram or writing us an email, we're just really, really grateful for your love and support. And, that, and we hope that as Katie and I uh, grow throughout 2020, that's our mm-hmm. goal is to grow uh, in our faith, in our marriage, in our parenting, in the businesses that we've started and that we're operating, in our health. We want to grow in all of those areas. Mm-hmm. And we hope to share some insightful tricks and tips and hacks or whatever you want to call them as we're learning and as we're growing. And so I really hope that you folks join us for 2020 and that 2020 gets off to a great start for you as well. Yeah, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you would take a screenshot of it and share it in your social medias and tag us, that'd be super cool. We love seeing who's listening to the podcast and we would love this podcast to reach more people in 2020. And you guys are a really big part of that. So thank you so much for being a part of that part of our vision. All right, bye-bye.